0: Welcome back
1: to Square Horror, I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm always the master of Ceremonies, and this is our obligatory anniversary episode that we have put off for three weeks. Correct. So, we're gonna get back to a normal schedule, we promise. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna fall into the trap of the summer again.
0: Never again. Uh,
1: But, so yeah, so that being said, we know what we're gonna do after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, We are in the middle of Spooktember almost into spooktober we're doing our picks a little bit differently this year we're doing them by lottery a wheel yeah by lottery so if you're following the instagram uh check there those every night Mm -hmm. uh for uh, the movie on most of them are on some degree of streaming service they really went off this year with a bunch of them yeah um the others are added that are going to be on the upcoming uh, Iceman Kills record, mm-hmm. which will get its own episode after we see them with Steph.
0: Hell yeah. I can't wait, man. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, man.
1: That's going to be a great time. <laughs> Even just, like, talking about it after. Like, I want to just get everything that you think. Just
0: oh, just, oh, man. Exactly. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, we're just going to be sitting there, like, staring at you, just nodding, like, he gets it. <laughs> He's
0: getting there. So... But for today, what are we going to be discussing? Today, since it's an anniversary for us, we figured it would be a great time to celebrate another anniversary, Uh, perhaps a nearly 100th anniversary with, 90 years ago, the release of Frankenstein and Dracula.
1: These are the original ones Hollywood made. Um, they're, They're great. Yeah. They really are awesome. And we watched the Spanish Dracula the other night, and mm-hmm. that's awesome, too.
0: Yeah, it's really... In- I'm just going to get into a little tangent about it. I think it's so interesting that they filmed both the Spanish and English versions of that movie on the same set with different scripts.
1: Yeah, and it was interesting because the they had the woman who played the... Um, spanish dracula equivalent of mina mm-hmm. uh her name was ava. Ava. Like ava um i probably because mina in the audio sounds like mira which is look and that wouldn't make any sense yes so but the woman was i don't know when this dvd released but they had her um obviously an old lady now but just talking about how it was like making it and she was like, when I saw the, the English version, I was like, all oh, the costumes are different. Mm-hmm. Like they, So, like, it was just the same set, but a different movie. Yeah. Like, being made at the same exact time.
0: Including a director who didn't speak or understand Spanish whatsoever. Part of me thinks that the people in the cast must have been bilingual. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially in that day and age, it was harder for, you know non-white actors to make it in the business, let alone, like, direct their own movie. So they're, they're just going to put, like, some studio director they've got and just, like, just make sure they don't, like, steal anything. Like, their thinking is probably just, like, who gives a shit? No one will see that movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know what? The Spanish Dracula, with some exceptions, I think is better than Dracula.
0: I, I would be... I would be hesitant to agree with you, but I would agree with you. The two big
1: things for me is, or are, Bela Lugosi. mm mm-hmm. uh, He's a better Dracula. It's absolutely. Just, he just absolutely is. And uh, the way it ended was a bit different. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, but just in just a interpretation. It didn't, it didn't of it, yeah. feel like Dracula as much. And, like, I've read the book, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time I've seen Dracula, like, I've seen the one from the 90s, which we'll talk about one day on our, like, remakes episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a good one, but that also had, like, a different interpretation, because they were trying to address it from a more, like, romantic angle. Like, normally it wasn't really, that wasn't, like, as much of a focus. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the main focus of our episode today is we're going to be discussing not only because of these two movies, and we haven't even talked about Frankenstein yet, mm-hmm. we just have most recently watched Dracula, uh, but we're, we polled people um, just on their first instinct if they were to choose Dracula or Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, Dracula won like 40 to 20. Yeah, in, in, like basically in like, almost all instances. It, it ran away with it, so it became more of I was interested at the number of people that would end up picking Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Because everyone asked like, okay, well, it depends. So it wasn't like, oh, the Dracula has some superiority over Frankenstein. They were just like, I was just like, give me your first instinct. And mm-hmm. most people were drawn to Dracula, and I think that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Because that that's what I picked also. Did you, or did you pick Frankenstein? So since I knew we were talking about the movies, I picked Dracula. But if it's just in general, I find the novel, Frankenstein, because I've never read Dracula. You haven't read Dracula? I haven't read Dracula, oh but I God. read Frankenstein. And I really enjoyed the time I had with that book. That book is great. I love that book. Um, and I also think it's really interesting that, at least of the adaptations I've seen, none have really delved into the, the a truer interpretation of the books. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster, yeah, which I think is kind of interesting because it is very different for that, especially in that 1931 film. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster himself is very different from the novel.
1: And I I guess we could probably just get into it now then. Um but I think that what you hit on is is key. Frankenstein was a horror like a horror story, mm-hmm. but it was it was like a, it was a metaphor. Like yes. the whole thing was a metaphor. Dracula, it could be argued there is a lot of like, you know, that sort of content in there but dracula is not as clearly cut about this a specific message as frankenstein is yes and that message obviously is like men shouldn't play god god because it's, it's horrible mm-hmm.
0: um but before we do that uh you so when did you read the book did you like did you have to read it for school or did you choose to read it i did have to read it for school but then the next year i think i had to read it my sophomore year and then the next year mm-hmm. i reread it just on my own time to kind of separate it from schoolwork. And I really enjoyed it both times. Cause I knew I would enjoy it more when I didn't have to write a paper about it at the end of it. And I could mm-hmm. just focus on enjoying the book itself. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah and, it's, so it's yeah. been probably four to five years since the last time I read the book. I would be down for, well pro tip or just fun thing you can do to redo it.
1: Uh, I most recently listened to the book via audio Because uh, Doug Bradley, the actor who plays Mm Pinhead, has a YouTube channel where, over quarantine, he just read Frankenstein and, like, a bunch of, like, Edgar Allan Poe stories. So, like, I listened to to him read Frankenstein, and it was awesome. Uh, So, but what's cool is um, the book itself was just, like, goofed out at a party. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the most, like, artsy-fartsy thing, like, a bunch of writers and, like, people of the, like gothic romantic literature scene We're hanging out at someone's house and they all like it was like a spooky like stormy night and they were all like let's see who can take the next 12 hours like over the night to like write the scariest story and with her there with, with the author Mary, Mary Shelley, Shelley with her there was a guy who ended up writing something called The Vampire, which is like the proto-vampire book that totally inspired Bram Stoker to write Dracula. Uh-huh. So Frankenstein predates Dracula and was in the cultural like, was in pop culture before Dracula was even like invented. Because mm-hmm. people were reading it, and she had like a pseudonym, because you know, back in the day it was like, women can't write books. That's impossible. Like They, they were just like, it just wasn't done. So mm-hmm. she had the pseudonym and everyone loved it. And then she was like, surprised I'm a woman. And they're like, it's actually bad. We take it back. And, like, everyone was like, "No, no, no!" It was great. Um, but like, isn't I mean, you did it in school. I I often on it for fun over a couple of years. But mm-hmm. when you were reading it in school, were you guys focused on like the message a lot?
0: Okay, that's a great question. So we're we're we <laughs> We're dwelling back well, into I think Danny's of the high scene, school the I think
1: of the scene from H two O because the like the meta like seen in with that as Laurie's teaching and she's mm-hmm. talking about Frankenstein and they're discussing how it's like yeah the motif is like the monster and the creator need to like come at each other cuz they can't exist at the same time and it's like yeah like Michael Myers mm-hmm. but like I feel like that was I mean you weren't in a movie so like Correct. how was it in school
0: <laughs> um so I don't remember a whole lot of the actual discussions we had on the book which kind of makes me upset because I did enjoy our conversation because that was the book I most enjoyed in that English class. Really? Um, yeah. Cause we like covered catcher in the rye for like my fifth God, time I in high school. Hate that book and I so can't much. stand that book anymore. Wow. I couldn't then either. <laughs> but so Frankenstein I found was just a more compelling story. I also enjoyed life of Pi*, but that's another story. Mm. Um, And so I don't really remember a lot of the discussions we have, but I do remember that we would watch right before we started reading the book. We watched like an hour of a documentary about Mary Shelley's experience writing the book. Yeah. And I don't remember anything other than the fact that we watched this documentary and I loved the documentary. But so I don't really remember what discussions we got into about like the message of the book.
1: Well, I mean, what do you take from it? I mean, because we're basically going to be talking about why, like, the reason we pulled people is because we were like, why do people choose one over the other? Because, like, what makes them so special? And, like, Mm -hmm. why after almost 100 years are they still this, you know, influential? But I think the big thing is, like, because of the message. Yeah. So, I mean, what did you take away from it? (sighs)
0: <sighs> You're really throwing me <laughs> in the yeah, deep English here. class. Let's do this. <laughs> Get into it. I was done with English classes like two years ago when I finished talking about that Vietnam book. Well, no, this is fun English class where we talk about it for fun, and mm-hmm. it's not for a grade. Because I do think, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a minute since I've read this book, but um, something I always found really interesting about it is that kind of not hermit attitude that the monster had, but that kind of escape he found mm-hmm. while he was just kind of, s- yes, searching for his creator, but also going away from the, like, civilized world right. into these crypt- mountains, yeah, I think he, he went he to. Flew, oh, I I think it was, like, the Arctic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he just, like, went to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. And just fucking...
0: <laughs> and, like, he had... The monster in... Mary Shelley's Frankenstein has some really well-articulated thoughts. No, it's very smart. Yeah, yeah, it's got some brilliant lines. And that's one thing I really wish an adaptation film would really dwell into is the smarter aspect of Frankenstein's monster. You'll be... uh happy to know that um one of the principal characters
1: in penny dreadful which is the the uh, i believe it was showtime or, or stars mm-hmm. uh kevin and i both watched it it's only like three or four seasons it's very short and it's okay. all on netflix but penny dreadful is kind of like not like a riverdale but it, it, it like resurrects characters from like gothic lore like fiction mm-hmm As, like, real characters in, like, London, and they just do shit. So, like, Josh Hartnett, coincidentally H2O, is in it. It's, like, an American gunslinger, and Eva Green, who we know was a sexy witch in Dark Shadows, plays a sexier witch in this show. Okay. Um, Dr. Frankenstein is there, and his monster is very articulate and smart, um, and goes on his own, like, journey to, like, find meaning, Okay. So it's very much in this in the spirit of the book as mm-hmm. opposed to the movie because the book had a lot of, argu- I mean, to go for the cr- like to the, with the crow, like romantic gothic, like it's just dark romance or like sad emotion. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you found out that you were created by something, like just to prove that they could, you'd be like, oh, so like what the fuck do i do yeah with life um but i mean that's the book monster Mm -hmm. the movie monster is extremely different
0: yeah which is which is really interesting to me because in both adaptations in the fact that they are both so different the monster is the interesting part of both in my opinion so
1: I don't know this for certain. I'm not a film scholar, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to put my little like conspiracy hat on okay. and say that, you know, if you have a book like Frankenstein written by a woman in a time where there was a lot more freedom of expression, but still like moral restrictions mm-hmm. on women and, and just people in general who wanted more and like wanted to think things that maybe conventional culture didn't agree with write Things like Frankenstein that are like, Hey, maybe, um, we should stop caring about what God thinks. Cause God who made us might just be a prick and, uh, is afraid to deal with us. So he just kind of left us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe think about that. And everyone was like, Oh, int- like all the cool people read it. were like the interesting. And then society went like, no, But, like, they didn't do anything about it, Mm because it was just, you know, Frankenstein. And they were just all, like, well-articulate,
0: smart people. I do have to pause you for a second, because in that very adept um, reading of the meaning of Frankenstein, all I could think of was the line from Spy Kids 2 that Steve Buscemi says about God fearing his creatures as well. Yeah. And it's just so... I would never have put those two things together dude. Frankenstein is like high key, like,
1: why doesn't dad love me? Like psychology, existentialism, philosophy shit. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you, like, you need to find some kind of meaning because God doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. Frankenstein is is suggesting this. Yes. So, (laughs) think about America in the 1930s. Do you think they were fucking ready for that shit? No.
0: No. Not even so a little So they bit. made
1: it like he was a mad scientist and mm-hmm. that he didn't, you know, he he lost his mind and he was convinced he could bring the dead back to life. And it was very, like, sensationalist and, and mm-hmm. fantastical because it was like, let's belie
0: the message that this book is like, maybe God left us for a reason. <laughs> Also, something I always feel the need to talk about when I'm talking about Frankenstein and the doctor himself, Yeah. in the novel, he's in his undergrad. Yeah.
1: He hasn't graduated he's, college that's yet. That's the thing, they do it in Penny Dreadful, is that he's like a 22-year-old scientist Yeah. who's like, it, it, it's like that thing where you go to one class and you're like, holy shit, I could use electricity to bring the dead back to life. And they're like, no, you don't know the rest of the science mm-hmm. about why you can't do that. Yeah.
0: Because I feel like with the film adaptations of Frankenstein, they never really dwell into him being younger yeah, as a, as a doctor. And so that's another reason I think they don't really go into more of the moral dilemmas of creating a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Well, and I don't remember the
1: m- how the movie ends uh, with this aspect, but I do know that in the book... Again, spoiler, the book is, like, 170 years old, and the movie, again, is 90 years old. Mm-hmm. Um But the creature m- murders f- his creator's fiancé. Yes. Be- like, purposefully, because he's like, hey, I want to start a dialogue about, like, what you, like, okay, you made me, like, can you fucking give, like, talk to me, like, do, like, you can't just run away, because that, you know, he's young, mm-hmm. doesn't want to fucking deal with it. He's a young father, like, I don't fucking do it. What? No. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Like, he, to immediately have a 28-year-old son who's like, why did you make me? And you're like, I don't even know why I do things. Yeah. Um, it's very stressful. So, you know, he was very, like, arrogant that he could control this thing that he created. And the monster was like, well, I could just fucking kill people. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like, we need to have a discussion. Like, I'm not just going to go away. In the movie, he if he does kill his fiance it's on accident. I don't he's think he's kind does of a murderer. The movie. I mean, the, well, the people that he does kill, he doesn't really like, he just kind of crushes them with his large yeah, like, Michael Myers strength. It's an
0: accidental thing.
1: Well, even if it's not, it's like a momentary yeah. rage. And then it's like, oh, well, if the damage is done, you just kill the child or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, also uh, for the movie, Boris Karloff is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. He's also the mummy. Yeah. in the original mummy and is the narrator in the Grinch like the original Grinch I cartoon he was the narrator Uh he's been in a bunch of like silent movie to like horror like to early horror like universal horror movies mm-hmm. uh, over the course of his life. He died in like 1980 something right around the same time I think Vincent Price did. Like all those that like about all right. those yeah. like mid-century like icons of horror all died like around the same time mm-hmm. I think Vincent Price died later though because he was in Edward Scissorhands like a year before he died yeah remember that he's in it for like two minutes oh, my God, he's
0: he in that movie looking
1: really old yeah. like really really old I mean it's the same thing with like Sid Haig he did movies with those people when he was like starting out mm-hmm. and then when he was in Three from Hell he just looked like a walking corpse he just looked so sick and old that poor guy yeah, uh, very much unlike the creature who is built. So I don't know about Boris Karloff, like, dimension-wise. I do know that he's a tall string bean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, Marfan syndrome-wise, but he's, like, long. He's got long arms and, like, long fingers. And I think they just, like strapped pillows to him underneath his shirt to make him look bigger because he's not a very scary looking imposing presence he's not even six feet he's 5'11 he's oh my god everyone else must have just been so tiny Mm -hmm. oh my god that means Frankenstein's not nine feet tall he's just my height
0: I mean they may have given him like lifted shoes you're probably right just to make him look taller yeah Cause I know that's something they do with well, I mean, later you look at those yeah, you look at those boots
1: and they're just square pegs. like you just they're just big old. He's platforms. just walking on blocks. Right, right. So he was the mummy, I think, around like a year before this or like a year after this. He just made shit like and didn't know, like didn't stop to look at like what
0: became iconic, and then he died. He died a lot earlier than I thought he did. Where was he? It dies earlier? in he uh, er, dies he died, he he died. died in uh, 1969. Six. Okay. Wow. When he was 81 in oh, Sussex. so he was much older than I thought. Yeah, he was born in eighty-seven, not eighteen eighty-seven. <laughs> oh my God.
1: <laughs> um, so we'll cover the movie someday, and Dracula yes. as well. Uh, so this is more just us getting to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we'll take a, a a pause on Frankenstein and we'll come back. Dracula, you want to talk about theme-wise? Oh. It's just a lot of (laughs) ugh, like, Mm emo-feel type shit. Which is where all of it came from, because that was, like, romantic, gothic literature back then. It was all, like, you know, about how love is eternal and all all of these things. That then became popular again in, like, the 90s Mm -hmm. when they made the Dracula movie, and it just became even more edgy. But I think Dracula, they kind of also censored it with the movie too but it doesn't have like the full out theme of why it exists Mm -hmm. but it does also have like similar like maybe this is not okay for like uber christian america type themes Mm -hmm. because it's all that like dracula had a like he just cursed god or he like made a pact with the devil or something to like forsake god and he just got cursed And he was like, I don't give a shit. Like, fuck, fuck that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, I don't remember how the cool thing was that Gary Oldman did in the movie. But I do know that the whole legend of being a vampire, at least from Bram Stoker's angle, is some kind of, like, anti-holy thing. Like, the Netflix miniseries Dracula. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like God. Like, he can't be killed. He's just okay. got limitless powers, and he's scary, and he's been alive for like a thousand years. Like, you're not going to beat him. Uh, as opposed to, like, Dracula in Blade, or anything else where you can just kill him a little bit easier. Because he's just bigger or stronger. Like, this one is just, he has powers. Like, he's just going to read your mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And glamour you, or or whatever. What are you looking up there? <laughs> so, I'm I'm looking up, um, Boris Carl. Uh, Bela Lugosi, once we get to him. I want to okay. have We can We can talk about him, yeah. We... Um, played Dracula in
1: 1931.
0: Yes, and actually, beforehand, he played Dracula in a Broadway stage adaptation wow. of the novel in 1927. I think that's what got him. If I remember correctly, hearing
1: that when they were deciding to make the movie, they're like, we need Bela Lugosi mm-hmm. because he killed it on, on stage doing it. Yeah, and he's... He's a very interesting
0: person to learn he the history is. about. He's done a lot of weird movies. <laughs> like, he helped create the Screen Actors Guild. He did? Yeah, he's a charter member of it. Wow. Um, and he was... Isn't he from, like, Italy or something? He's from... I mean, the name Hungary? I would... or Hungary? Okay. Um, and, so, and he was also increasingly restricted to minor parts in films hmm. because of his inability to speak the English language clearly. That's definitely where the accent comes from. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. (laughs) But yeah, so he's just a really interesting guy to read about. Yeah. Uh, He also um, passed away in the mid-1900s. He passed away in 1956. Wow. um, When he was 73. Okay.
1: I think that's right around the time, uh, maybe a little bit later, but Hammer Horror I think started in like the 50s or 60s. And that's when Christopher yeah. Lee got hired because then he played Dracula for like twenty years, mm-hmm. and God, if you haven't seen him play Dracula, I haven't. It seen is horrifying. Dracula. Yet. He is very scary. Mm-hmm. It, it's very much like that aspect of of Dracula, the the vampire as like a, an actual creature as opposed to like a man who has like a curse. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee's Dracula doesn't seem human. Like, it seems very, like, animalistic. Like, it looks like it's just wearing a human
0: face. Mm-hmm.
1: It's Like, his eyes go- look, look like shark's eyes. His teeth are huge. And, man, it's fucking scary. Like, it like the, um... We won't talk a whole lot about it, because it's its own thing. And we'll probably end up covering it later. But Nosferatu, the, he looks fucked up. But that's, like, a different goofier type of fucked up than, mm-hmm. like, a vent. Like, it looks more, like, ew, creepy but a guy. Yeah. Ugh, man. When vampires are, like, animals, it gets kind of scary. Like, in 30 Days of Night, when mm-hmm. they have, like, their shark eyes. Yeah, dude. And those, it's like, oh. Those
0: fucked with me.
1: Yeah, they yeah. really stick with you when you're like, man, I'd just be fucked. Like, it would be game over, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, the but the vampire... The rules of vampires in Dracula, the movie, which Mm -hmm. we can, I guess, touch on before we discuss the many, many accolades and abilities of Dracula, are um, he can turn into a bat, Mm -hmm. standard. Uh, He doesn't show up in mirrors. um, If they had photos, he probably wouldn't show up in those. Mm -hmm. He's averted to garlic. Silver, I believe, is also in the movie, and crosses. Crosses. Uh, And the sun, obviously. And he can be killed with a stake driven through his heart. And once he is destroyed, anyone that is under his influence, either psychologically, because he can also brainwash people, Mm -hmm. uh, or through biting them, because he can turn people into vampires, through his bite, all of them will be removed from his influence. Mm -hmm. They'll be dead. So I think where Dracula becomes a lot more interesting in the story where he's just this count where he's a regal person Mm -hmm. is he just use, he realized a long time ago, he's like, I can't just be like a blood war general. Mm -hmm. I need to like be smart about this. So let me just use, yeah, he let me just perfect how good I am at hypnosis and I could just like show up in people's dreams as like wolves or clouds of mist or bats or shit and then just slowly siphon their life away from them so that they don't even know I'm even feeding on them. Uh, In the uh, Francis Ford Coppola one, he turns straight up into a werewolf. Like, his wolf form is just like a lichen, which is pretty awesome, because, like, you get the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you ever see Dracula Untold with Luke Evans? The the only... I I have I may be wrong here,
0: but I think the only Dracula movie I've seen is the original 1931 one. Okay. And now the Spanish Dracula. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's really all you need to see. I really like the Francis Ford Coppola one. Mhm. Um but that's what's interesting is the Dracula and we can kind of transition to it is as a pop culture figure has showed up just numerous places. Dracula yeah. is canon in the Marvel comics. That's like right. he's like the principal and obviously Blade Mm-hmm. He's like the he's the antagonist for for Blade. He's in the movie, the the third movie. Okay. Um,
0: fucking, uh,
1: just everywhere. Like dr- like literally, Dracula. Dracula even shows up
0: in uh, the first episode of season five of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> like, isn't
1: Dracula uh,
0: Dracula like capital D Dracula like in Buffy? Yeah, he's there for an episode and he hypnotizes the vampire killer. Is he into like not killing him?
1: Is so is he like some kind of alpha? Vampire? Or is he just
0: kind of he's He's only there for that episode, right? Um, because they can't really just keep Dracula around, no, because they got other shit to do, especially in, when we get to season five. Oh my god!
1: One of my I remember uh, one of the my favorite book series when I was reading up was uh, cert de Freak, which was a uh, a vampire series, but it was more like they were like super strong, durable, immortal Vikings. Mm-hmm. So they like lived for combat. And, like, they, they, like, you could kill them anyway. You could stab them. Like, they, they're easy to kill. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just a little bit durable, and they're really fast and stronger, and they live for a long, long time. But um, the, the series was good, but then they had a prequel series, which is about the main character's, like, mentor from when he was first created as a vampire when he was, like, seven to, okay. like, two, ten years before the first book happened. Mm-hmm. It's just his whole life. And a bunch of this shit we knew because it was, like, listed in the other book. But some of the stuff, it was fun seeing it. Um, there's a point, I believe, in the third or fourth book where he starts just getting, like, followed by this weird, rangy, like, waif of a guy. And then he corners him in a bar and he's like, what do you want from me? And he's like, okay, so this is going to sound weird, but I know you're a vampire. And that's cool. I just want to write, like, a book. He's like, oh, my name's Bram, St- like Abraham Stoker. And he's like, oh, okay. So he just was like, please, like, tell me, like, I want it to be, like, accurate. He's like, Mm -hmm. I'll make sure, like, no one really knows, like, I'll use enough, like, mystery. And he's like, okay, he didn't trust him at all. So he's like, you want to know about vampires? I'll tell you exactly what you need to know. And then just proceeded to make up a bunch of bullshit that was like, (laughs) like, oh, yeah, we don't show up in mirrors. And, like, we burst into flame immediately in the sun. Because, like, they can stay in the sun for, like, a couple of hours before it's, like, Mm -hmm. hey, like, I'm feeling, like, really, really rough. I gotta get out of here. So, it was just, like, I think I bought us some time where, like, if anyone ever thinks we're vampires, they'll, like, throw garlic at us or something. And then nothing will happen and they'll leave us alone. (laughs) So, just, like, that, you know, like, the expansion of, like, vampire lore and, like, all the
0: cultural significance of that. That changes all over the place. Wait, I do think it's really interesting to note how many different iterations of vampires there are out in Dude, popular Dude, we can't culture. even, like,
1: get into that. Because literally, within one, like... China, for instance, has at least five or six different types of things you could classify as a vampire. Mm-hmm. And they're all characteristic of just what dynasty was ruling China at that time. So, like, there's even just, like, in one place. Like, the amount of, like, vampire or things that suck life force or dream energy or literal blood
2: mm-hmm.
1: it goes back to like the beginning of time yeah just any like anything that can steal sh- like your soul or d- make you feel tired they were just early like explanations for like oh I'm depressed I bet that my neighbor is sucking out my dream energy better st- <laughs> <laughs> I just love it too, cause like the even like into the semi modern day, like vampire hunting was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Where there's stories of people that are like, or maybe not as modern, but like back in the day before they knew a whole lot about like decomposition, mm-hmm. people would have things like that. And, like there must be a vampire around. They would go into the cemetery and they'd like open up a casket, at like a random. They'd be like, we we found where it sleeps, and they just see a corpse. It's in the you know still mid stages compos- of like decomposition, mm-hmm. with its just. You know, it's got long teeth and long fingernails. So it looks like a vampire, but it's just because the skin receded because it's how decomposition works. And they're like, mm-hmm. ah, I see. And then they would just chop its head off and like stuff garlic in it, and set like put a steak in it and then set it on fire. Oh, my God. Which I mean, if I'm dead, that's kind of awesome. i might you <laughs> might as well. Like if you're going to if you think if you really need that and you want to get that out of your system, you can pretend I'm a vampire. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the, the person is already dead. So it's not like... But this is back in the day. I mean, and we still have it today, obviously. this is back in the day when, like,
1: cor- like corpses were, like, so sacred that, like, they wouldn't even let doctors, like, look at a dead body to, like, see how medicine worked.
0: Oh, wow. That they
1: had to... And this is a thing that I told you about for that other thing we were doing, where the... they In the early days, when they were trying to, like, figure out how shit worked, they were like, okay, so we need to practice on, like, corpses and cadavers. Mm-hmm. So they would pay like, criminals, just people, like, anybody, normally, like, criminals, to break into cemeteries at night, like, of a freshly, like, buried, you know, dead body. Mm -hmm. And they would go dig it up and, like, take it back to the lab so the doctors could, like, perform mock surgery on it so they could get better at it. Mm -hmm. And they called them resurrection men. But, like, back in the day, everyone just thought doctors were, like, ghouls. Like, why would they go in the middle of the night to, like, dig up corpses for, like, weird... They were like, "Oh, that must be like some satanic magic," and they're like, "No, we're just trying to figure out how to like save people." <laughs>
0: we're just trying to figure out, uh, like, maybe leave sure us we know alone. Anatomy. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> just casually, like, we gotta go dig up some bodies to learn how the liver works.
0: <laughs> True.
1: And everyone was like, "No, that's why there's fences on cemeteries, and why like a lot of like fancy tombs have like big fucking like cement doors and like mm-hmm. lids." It's so that they didn't have uh, people pricking in and. Stealing them.
0: Stealing those bodies. Yeah, that's
1: right around that time they used those bells if people were, like, buried
0: alive. Yeah. <laughs> I Every time I think about those bells, I just think of the nun. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and speaking, uh, I guess, of the nun, um,
1: what's your favorite iteration of Dracula that you have seen personally in
0: your life? In, like, any form of any? media? Any
1: form. It could be Hotel Transylvania.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me... It's, um, and this is kind of a a weird, different take, but I really enjoy Dracula throughout the Castlevania video game franchise, but specifically in Symphony of the Night.
1: Kevin will be glad you brought up Castlevania. Kevin is going
0: to be so (laughs) excited that I just brought up Castlevania. And you're right,
1: because Castlevania fucking rules, and Mm -hmm. the show on Netflix is amazing, and Dracula in the show is a very complex character that they explore a lot of his more like, uh, emotional, you know, turmoil, and what makes him engaging as a character that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but speak to Symphony of the
0: Night. So, I, th- I, th- I believe it's been a long time since I have played this game, but it's really stuck with me because you start this game as um, you play through the game as Alucard. Oh, Dracula's the Alucard one. Uh, It's
1: Dracula spelled backwards, by the way. (laughs) Yes, that is how they came up with that name.
0: But in the very (laughs) beginning of the game, you fight Dracula with, like, all of your powers before they all get taken away. It's one of those fun games where you start with everything and then lose it and have to regain everything throughout the game. But so it's really interesting to see how the two of them interact immediately off the bat because it is father and son fighting each other. Yeah. Um and, and then, when
1: your dad is Dracula, like yeah, it's
0: always you, a big deal. It's it's it can be a lot. But yeah, it's I really I don't know what it is, but Dracula throughout the Castlevania series is just such an intimidating threat, despite really not lifting a finger until you reach him at the end of the game.
1: I think it's because that's Dracula more as like a In a world where magic is real. Mm -hmm. And he's just become really good at, like, arcane rituals and shit that he just also knows magic. Mm -hmm. So you're fucked. It's like fighting Doctor Strange if he was also the most powerful vampire ever. And, like, could summon armies from hell to, like, kill, like, apocalypse level. Like, the Castlevania show is just, like, a demon apocalypse because Dracula was really in a bad mood. Oh, my God. Which is great, because, like, the second season, when the vampires have, like, come together, all the generals and shit have, like, come to Dracula's aid, and they're like, all right, let's get this shit organized. Like, do we want to kill all the humans, or do we want to, like, farm them? Like, what do we want to do? And he's like, I don't even, like, care anymore. And they're like, dude, you started a... You can't just back out. He's (laughs) like, I'm, like, bored with it now. Like, he's just, like, I don't even know if I, like, want to kill all humans. I really did, like, a couple of days ago, but... Mm -hmm. Now it's just kind of boring. And they're like, dude, make up your mind. <laughs> you need to. Do. Um, I would say mine is, and we're we have to cover it at this point mm-hmm. is a Dracula from uh, the, the early two thousands, Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing, Hilsing. because uh, Dracula is his. Th- their approach to him is very cool because he feels very supervillain like mm-hmm. in how he like presents himself. Which I think made me really gl- glam onto that thing about Dracula, in that he always just like looks good. Mm-hmm. He's always got like he's just always on it, and it's 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 impressive and um, commendable, and uh, I'm jealous. And uh, that movie made <laughs> me really jealous, especially because. Um, Another factor of Dracula, especially with the movie and the book, is um, the concept that Dracula just has this like harem of like vampiruses mm-hmm. uh, that he just presumably over the course of his many many years of existence fell in love with, turned into a vampire, eternity passed and he got bored mm-hmm. and they just like kept living together and then he kept getting more. Uh, in Van Helsing, they're like his like lieutenants. Oh, okay. And them and Dracula can turn into large, like, werebat creatures. Mm-hmm. We're talking, like, man-bat-type
0: monsters. Like from Batman? Yeah, like at will. Oh, like they, my God. At will, they
1: can do it. It's fucking so cool. Um, And then, of course, the werewolves in that movie are, like, super lichens. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole movie's fucking great. But Dracula <laughs> specifically has this, like, his lore of from that movie. I don't want to say all of it to spoil it, but mm-hmm. he's, like... He was fighting in like, we're talking like barbarian time, like Roman barbarian times. Okay. He was alive, killing shit, mm-hmm. and you know made the pact with the devil to be like, hey man, like I'll be at, like the worst bane for God if you like give me this. And right around the same time as when they like created the antithesis for Dracula, mm-hmm. and like people started swearing oaths they would kill him. But, like, nothing can kill him. Like, all of the weaknesses of vampires exist in that movie and are used to kill other vampires. Silver, holy water, all that shit. None of them work on him. And that's been the problem is that they've been trying to kill Dracula for, like, 300 years and don't know how. So they just keep, like, trying shit and dying. And no one knows how to kill him. So he just kind of exists bored because he's like, there's no meaning to life anymore. Mm -hmm. So his whole angle is how can I, because I have like the curse of undead or undeath, I want something that I can create like children Mm -hmm. or in this case, in the movie's case, because Frankenstein is also involved. They want to use the technology to like bring children that they would have that are dead to life in a very Castlevania apocalypse way. Mm hmm. God, it's such a good movie. Like I'm all that I'm saying makes it sound stupid maybe, but trust me it's great.
0: I can't wait to watch it. Kate
1: Beckinsale from Underworld's in it, like Hell yeah. in between Underworld movies <laughs> and right after Hugh Jackman was Wolverine. So we're talking peak oh, of it's both like, of yeah, them.
0: peak career for It's them. like
1: we're, it's like 05. 0506. Okay. 05, cool. It's great, man. Uh Mr. Hyde shows up for like a second because Van Helsing is like a proto, like supernatural, like Winchester brother type guy where he'll just mm-hmm. kill monsters because he's good at it. Yeah, he works for the church and they're like, "God damn it, Van Helsing, you're a renegade, you're an outlaw, you don't follow the rules." But God damn it, do you I do get results. And He's like, "Yeah, I know." And they're like, "Say five hail marys and uh, and come back." We got we have another assignment and already. Go on your way. They're just like, "Ah, get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool, because then it's like, yeah, the church is secretly like a, it's like a Da Vinci Code type thing where they've got like a, like the secret of fucking, you know, killing monsters and shit. Like, it's just like a, like, have
0: you ever heard of, um,
1: uh, fuck, it's like God of War, but it's like the Dante's Inferno, I think it's just called Dante's Inferno.
0: Yeah, the, the like, game for the PlayStation and Xbox? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never played the full game <laughs> That At game is I very have... similar,
1: where it's very like Crusader, like yeah. super metal type imagery, and Dracula fits in perfectly with all that. So anytime mm. there's a Dracula thing and that's involved in any way, like Castlevania, I'm in there. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am one thousand percent on game. Board. <laughs> I am
0: on board.
1: <laughs> so what's so badass about Frankenstein?
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, what what you
1: got, buddy? That's see, probably why Dracula won because <laughs> everyone was like, "Yeah, man, he's a fucking cool dude."
0: See, for me, I don't always. I think it's really interesting to think of Frankenstein because he's a very different kind of monster creature for a horror type element. Yes, than Dracula is because Dracula, by it, in by definition, is frightening. It is a threatening force. Yeah, vampires as a
1: concept are like. They're designed to kill you. yeah, like
0: th- they haunt you so they're just gonna be better than you. Frankenstein, I think, in my opinion in films is a more interesting thought prop thought piece rather than a haunting thing. yeah because it, Frankenstein is a creature in how he's interpreted in the media I have encountered isn't a threatening force. It's like a goofy it's, thing. It's like a learning thing. Yeah. It's a it's a newborn in a <laughs> giant body.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, especially in the original movie, like when he's playing, quote-unquote, playing with that child, he's just learning from it, and yeah. he makes a mistake that leads to its right. death. I think
1: it's an interesting approach, and I feel like they justified their choice of, yeah, we can't have Dr. Frankenstein being like, I'm gonna prove that God is a lie and create life myself. They're just Mm -hmm. like, we're just gonna see what it would happen if I did this. Yeah. So instead of creating a super hype, like a hyper aware monster with a with a very like concrete grasp on that, its creator doesn't want it. Mm -hmm. You have a the flip of that where it's a completely innocent creature that is shunned Mm -hmm. because it's different so it's less about my father is rejecting me because like what does that mean existentially for your creator to not want you that it's all that bullshit prometheus and the alien covenant is trying to do but Mm -hmm. like it's too long (laughs) uh over like seven hours over you know like frankenstein is like a 200 page novel Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's like it's more the need to belong because it's just different yeah. So it's being cast out, not because of some existential horror, but because you're different, which mm-hmm. is kind of more in line with what my big, like, f- secret surprise you might actually like Frankenstein more than you thought thing in the modern retelling of Frankenstein, which is Tim Burton's Edward Scissorhands. See, I yes. mentioned Vincent Price earlier for a reason. Smart. For a reason. It all comes full circle. So if you haven't seen. Edward Scissorhands. It's essentially a uh, Vincent Price, a mm-hmm. inventor, created a man like a bit, like very Pinocchio like. Mm-hmm. He wanted to create a, like a son figure so he could kind of like pass on his legacy to. But he died before he could finish creating him, and for some reason, instead of like giving him hands, he
0: gave him like scissor fingers. So this is just my kind of theory about that because I've thought about this a lot over the years. I've seen Have, this movie. Why? I, I really like this movie and I don't oh, know why, why. Do I, give it a, I give it a lot more thought in between watches. And then I don't think about it when I'm watching it, but I think yeah, that, it hits you later on. But I think that part of the reason he left him or he started with more, um, metal appendages before giving him the, the like hands that he was trying to give him right before he died. Yeah. I think it's that, um, it's tends to, how do I put this? Like in his nature to make it something. It's, it started mechanical and then it became more human. Right. And so it was all in those pieces. And so that mechanical aspect is still there in his hands before he can give him that final human piece. Right. Like I'd be willing, that's what I'm trying to say. I think I'd be willing to even say that
1: if you were to like, I mean, he doesn't ever get injured to this degree in the movie, Mm -hmm. but if he were to like, you know, I hate to be grim, but, like, if you were to, like, shove something to his stomach and, like, rip it out, it'd probably be, like, wires or something. Yeah. Or, like, some, like, crazy science. Yeah, gears or
0: something. So, it's, like, yeah, it was, like, he gave him consciousness and then that was it. And then he was, like, and I guess I should create more human-dependent, more human aspects of you to make you feel It might even
1: been for, like, functionality. Like, while he figured out the rest, he's, like, well, I might as well have him be able to, like, do shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Know, trim the hedges because he was dying of some kind of like i mean man, i don't know if he has stroke but he was clearly older and he's like i can't yeah do that anymore he might as well do it mm-hmm. um so why i think that equates to frankenstein in both angles is because not only do you have the um fish out of water like culture shock mm-hmm. because in, in in classic tim burton fashion that is all happening on a creepy house castle, like, on a hill. Yep. And then, like, a stone's throw away is just, like, s- the Perfect suburbs. Town. Yep. So, yeah, you know, once he is brought down from there into this, like, different plane, he doesn't understand, I mean, because he clearly has no social skills at all, but then mm-hmm. he, cle- he starts learning this is how people are, and it's from that that he then starts to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if Frankenstein had had enough time and wasn't immediately, like, we should destroy it, uh, because, yeah, he is dangerous. Frankenstein's mm-hmm. dangerous. He's killed people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and the book, he's just a fucker. He'll, like, like, he's vindictive. He's oh, yeah. mean. He's mean-spirited. He sometimes. will get his revenge. Yeah. I mean, because he's frustrated. Like, yeah. there's it's, reasons. Yeah, oh, it's obvious. not just yeah. plain anger. It's, it's not evil. out of, yeah,
0: it's not out of spite. Spite's the wrong word for yeah. it. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's that vindication almost. Yeah, he's just lashing out. He's a newborn. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. He's going through that stage. Edward Scissorhands.
1: It's similar because, but it also has that existential bit because he can think. Mm-hmm. Like he is a, he is capable of thinking for himself. Yes. He just he's like this is a new area, so I don't know how I feel. And like the monster in the book, the reason he killed of Victor's fiancé was because he asked Victor to make him a mate. Mm -hmm. And Victor said no. And then he killed his fiancé, which is harsh. Yeah. Uh, But Edward Scissorhands gets with Winona Ryder and learns, like, oh, wait, like, this is what meaning is. Like, Mm -hmm. he, like, learns that. So it it brings, like, both Frankensteins together. Mm -hmm. Because Tim Burton, obviously... Is a goth kid, so oh, he's read absolutely. the book and he's seen the movie, and he's like, "I need to bridge that mm-hmm. my way." <laughs> so he, I think that that is like a like a like a cultural bridge. Yeah, because Frankenstein can be kind of—I mean, Dracula is just cooler. Mm-hmm.
0: True, I mean, like in a way, like it's more attractive to consider, and and especially in like a visual yeah. medium, Dracula and, is just more compelling yeah. to watch. Well, by design,
1: Dracula's supposed to be alluring mm-hmm. frankenstein it's more about the intrigue and the like the philosophy of thinking about it mm-hmm. so it's like sneakier like you don't know until you're watching like wait a minute or like we're reading it like hold on this is something special mm-hmm. um i would i would highly recommend that you check out penny dreadful it's quite good especially just for like the dynamic of them alone mm-hmm. um because then it's like, I mean, no Bride of Frankenstein, obviously, is also a movie that yes. we own as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I, well. I I got like a six-pack of movies, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that movie is very similar from the book, where he's like, hey, make me a mate, because I feel like I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. And he does. And movie-wise, she just looks at him and screams, and it's like... Maybe this was a mistake. Like, let's yeah. just wreck this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I take it back. <sighs> like, pulls the lever to like like the self destruct lever. Like, mm-hmm. it is fine. Um, speak more. I would sup. I would suppose on
0: why you made your choice. So yeah, I think not only did I know that this was going to lean more, or the poll was going to lean more towards, um, Dracula, but I also just have more experience with Frankenstein since I had read the book. Uh, I had seen more visual media surrounding Frankenstein because right. I have to mention it because it's one of my favorite iterations of Frankenstein. I, I feel like you've been
1: dancing around something. Yes. Just spill it. Uh, what, what is it? I like?
0: love young Mel Brooks, young Frankenstein. Are you kidding? Everyone loves young Frankenstein. It's just such a good movie. And that is a movie I, I grew up on. And it's one of the things whenever I think of Frankenstein, it, Young Frankenstein is the reason I can't think of Frankenstein as a horror right. creature most of the time, I'm unless I'm talking uh, about the book, right. because yes. I just think of the goofy bullshit with the Frankenstein. I love Young Frankenstein so much. I'm so <laughs> glad that you
1: brought it up, because I was truly, like, while I was, I, I was extending the Edward Scissorhands discussion, because I'm like, fuck, I, there's gotta be another, like, iteration of Frankenstein I can talk about, and I totally
0: forgot It's this Young one. Frankenstein, Thank you so man. much for
1: that. Um... God, Young Frankenstein is so fucking funny. It's so it whole, it's How old is it now, like
0: 40, 50 years it, old now? Yeah, it's got to be from the 70s. This, yeah, oh yeah. Man, so it's, it's probably good. almost 50 years old yeah. now.
1: For those that don't know, uh, so Mel Brooks made it. Mel Brooks made Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs and the Producers. Um, it stars Gene uh, Wilder. Gene Wilder from, yeah, from Willy Wonka. And uh, fuck, someone else was on it. I don't remember oh. who uh, the guy that plays Igor is, but he's fucking great. He's so funny. Everyone in it is amazing. Happy normal. <laughs> God. <laughs> like we literally could just quote young Frankenstein back and forth in each other Absolutely. so fucking good. um but that's looking at it kind of in like a like Mel Brooks is just like a satirist, obviously, mm-hmm. because he's a huge fan of Monty Python. Yes. Or very similar. So in the style of, you know, like, people probably would, I would think, more equate satirists with, like, scary movie, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mel Brooks did that with, like, Young Frankenstein is scary movie Frankenstein. Yes. Uh, which is great, because he does it with a little bit more class than the Waylon Brothers did. Mm-hmm. It was also 2000, It was I know it was a different yeah. time. Um, but this just the way he does it is one of those things where, like... It's like um the uh the plays that go wrong series you were telling mm-hmm. me about. It's like they're really funny already, and they're even funnier if you like know the material. Yeah. Um, like I, uh, there's uh there's like bits from Young Frankenstein where like especially like with rips on the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the whole the concept of the violin playing, <laughs> uh, like being a thing that calms them down, and they're just like. This is it, okay? Sure, let's just roll with this. Or like that, like can't say Frau Blucher's name without the horses going yes. ballistic. That's like textbook universal horror of just mm-hmm. like crazy weird shit happening for no reason, and characters just not
0: even thinking about thinking it. that it was
1: weird. Yeah, it's like yeah, this might as well be a thing. Like Spanish Dracula, the whole time mm-hmm. they're like Dracula is obviously acting weird. Like that whole scene where he smashes the mirror, and he's just like, I'm sorry. I just couldn't help it. And They're like, that was a little okay. weird, right? And they like, he just leaves. Yeah, and they're like, I think something's up with that Count Dracula there. Like, like, yeah, he's obviously a vampire. <laughs> um, but for this, it's great because you like you said, the Frankenstein. It's Gene Wilder as uh, Victor Frankenstein's grandson, grandson. Uh, who's trying to distance himself from his family's legacy mm-hmm. and is like a well-respected neuroscientist, but then is like. I could probably do it. Like, I could take a crack at actually completing my grandfather's work and doing it right. Mm-hmm. And obviously hilarity ensues. But yeah. it's... Like, I wonder why he picked that. Like, what was it about Frankenstein that he felt he could make that... Like, make spin it that way, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and, like, I'm, I'm really intrigued because he does a lot more with the monster and the interaction between the monster and... Frankenstein they
1: really well they really played up like the monsters interactions with people like that whole Mm -hmm. scene with the guy that's blind and the (laughs) monster's like okay this guy's weird I should leave the whole scene is just like in any other context like the monster would have destroyed this guy by very accident just because Mm -hmm. he's fragile but the monster's like you're asking because it's too like, hard. <laughs> yeah, and, and
0: the monster, while he's with the blind man, is getting burned by soup. Yeah, he's just getting hurt <laughs> yeah. all the whole fucking
1: time. <laughs> well, yeah, and um, that Frankenstein, that fear of fire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. So you've read the book more recently than I, or I've read the book more recently than you have. But again, mm-hmm. I was it was Doug Bradley. Yes. the Last time I wasn't paying attention because I was like, "Whom Doug Bradley's voice is soothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the monster having a very specific fear of fire.
0: I don't either. I think it's... I think if it was created for the film... Because it's a very, like, caveman-y type Yeah, fear. it's kind of that um, new beginning, things you learn immediately is suddenly your biggest Something fear. that looks
1: pretty is actually bad, and it yeah. hurt me. And I the first thing away. that
0: hurts you is the thing that you are most afraid Absolutely. of. Which I think is really interesting and kind of sad to think about. I
1: think that was their, <coughs> um, like, resident... Uh, father problem Mm -hmm. because instead of being like the first thing that quote unquote hurts the monster in the book is being immediately rejected by his creator Mm -hmm. and like yeah it's more metaphorical fear than like literal oh fire it's dangerous Mm -hmm. but it gets the point across yeah (laughs) um i just love that like the come together nature that the monster and wants from the creator uh I'm about to talk about the the dance that they do in York Frankenstein, but it immediately just reminded me of, have you have you seen a lot of Billy and Mandy? Not a lot of it. I've, I've seen a little bit. Every single time I'd think about, like, especially when I was watching Penny Dreadful, anytime the monster would be like, Why do you hate me, father? Like, it would be like, Don't call me father. Like, all this shit. I'm just thinking about all the times that, like, Billy and his son, the giant spider, are just, Dad, why do you hate me? <laughs> it's like, I want you dead. <laughs> That's the dynamic between the creature and, the, and Victor. I'm
0: amazing.
1: But in Young Frankenstein, it's like the, you know, perfect world version of that, where mm-hmm. he's like, hey, I think we can work something out. Hey, world, this is my creation. And you know what? He can dance! He's okay.
0: He can dance. Don't, like, dance.
1: flashlights lights in him, he'll kill you. But, like, hey, he can dance, and fun. And he can
0: kind of sing.
1: And man. And yell. You know what else he can do? According to Victor's fiancé?
0: Oh, my God, I forgot. He can fuck. <laughs> I forgot.
1: Oh, buddy. <laughs> can he fuck? Which I oh think may God. have been the whole reason why they, rec- they made this the thing anyways. They're like, mm-hmm. you think Frankenstein's uncircumcised? Because Mel Blanc is, like... He always has the proponent of like that Jewish like humor in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you think Frankenstein's Jewish? He's like, how would you know? Well, it was the guy that was his lower half circumcised that would make him Jewish. And they're like, let's build a movie off this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this was probably like a lunch joke. And they were just like, hold up, there might make, be something like, here. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, I feel like, what have you seen Blazing Saddles? I haven't. Oh, I can't spoil the end for you. But I feel like the whole ending was a lunch meeting too, where they're just like, I wonder if this had happened, how great it'd be. And then the next day they're like, so, it's we're ridiculous. making a movie. We, we're gonna. We want to do this. It's just so we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, went to Gene Wilder and was like, "Hey, do you want to be in Young Frankenstein?" And he was like, "Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, I do." You know what's great? Now that you know, Young Frankenstein's a musical. That's right. Um, I would have loved if it was a musical back in the day because Gene Wilder can sing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Willy Wonka. Yes. Uh, but also, he did theater. <laughs> yes. Um. That's about all I had, really, was just, like, yeah. going through shit and talking about the differences and why, you know, people probably were drawn to one or the other. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I mean, we kept it at a solid hour. How about that?
0: Look at us go. <laughs> uh, do you have any closing remarks? Um... Nothing off the top of my head, but I, w- I am going to extend this out to our audience. Members. Yeah, let us Please know. let us know your thoughts on these characters. Especially the
1: people that we polled um, that we didn't give reasons for why we were polling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, yeah, with this episode coming out, oh, this will be like our big, you know, back on track for the school year, mm-hmm. you know, episode cycle. Um, and you can submit those either to us in person if you mm-hmm. go to school with us or at the underscore square horror podcast on Instagram
0: or the square horror podcast at gmail.com. Um, there's something else that we have, right? I don't think so. I think those are the only two. Big this is embarrassing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, uh, so Spooktober is going to, I mean, we're, gonna be, we're still going to be, we along.
0: Um, and Spooktober begins yeah. next weekend. So, yeah. And I mean, if you
1: have any suggestions for your own Halloween watch list, you can ask, absolutely ask us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I linked on, in the highlights on Instagram, our Spooktober and Spooktember picks from last year. Uh, those ones were deliberately picked mostly that were on streaming because of because the COVID of COVID. last year. So those ones probably might still be on as well. Um, We'll also probably have a bonus episode out in the next couple of weeks about Midnight Mass if we watch it. Yes. I am um, kind of I... want to see if we can watch it independently and then not talk about it with each until other until we, we cover it. I'm okay with that. That'd be kind of fun. All right, so we will come at you guys uh, next week with uh, a um, a little, uh, well, it will be new, but it will be a new uh, recurring series of The Wonderful World of Of Remakes. remakes. Um we don't know which movie we're going to be doing yet but it will be a remake. Uh we'll be doing it probably once to twice a month. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe once every couple of months just it's kind of our uh our band-aid type time when we don't know what we're going to do. We'll
2: we'll throw throw a remake, a remake, in there, remake out there, because out
1: there. because there's there's a, a lot, lot of, of them. <laughs> uh and there will be them forever and they're going to yes. just keep
0: they just keep on making them. So until next time, stay spooky out there.